Welcome back to another episode of The Rest, a podcast where you get to hear the rest of the story and where we continue the conversation that Sunday started. I'm your host, Jared Jacobus, and you know who's here with me. Always. Joel. Here with you. We had a big announcement this Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, we announced we could. We did. You want to fill us in? Yeah. Um, So if you weren't here on Sunday, um, we announced that the church is embarking on a generosity uh, cultivation initiative, um, something specifically related to people um, that are, you know, engaged participants here at the church and uh, they're giving. Um, And we're going to um, talk about the exciting possibilities related to the vision this church has, um, vision I have, to uh, continue to expand our discipleship programs here and our um, our outreach um, partners and um, to reach this community. And, uh, you know, in order for us to do all those things that are exciting, uh, we're talking about building building some things and and uh, and, and a whole lot more. Uh, we've got to cultivate generosity. We've got to have a bunch of generous people, and the church uh, was built because of a bunch of generous people, and there's a whole lot more people now who have not yeah. specifically been brought through a program or a, a just a, a, a you know an intentional generosity um, cultivation season, and that's what that's what we're going to do. So yeah, I'm really could. excited about this. Yeah, um, I'm I'm excited because it's a win-win. Yeah, not only do we help people transform their lives to become more like Christ yep. by becoming generous. Yep, and um, giving up a, a little bit of everything that He's given us. Yes, but we also get to do some amazing things. That's right, and uh, it is. It's it's the idea, and we'll talk about it. Um, in a couple of weeks, but we could do all kinds of things. Yeah. And uh, there's some basic principles behind whether we can or we can't. Yeah. And uh, so we are genuinely excited. We have lots of momentum and lots of ways. And so to add the inertia of generosity in this community um, and to teach people and to move the needle in terms of generosity is exciting for what that can mean yeah. in terms of ministry. I can't wait to see what all we could do. Yeah, me me too. This week's sponsor, you ready? I'm always ready for the sponsor. Fruit by the Foot. Oh, man. You remember Fruit by the Foot? It That came out of nowhere. Yeah, we it's still get back. Fruit by the Foot at my house. My kids yeah. like it. It's the only fruit snack that comes in handy when you're building a house. Because you, if you, you forget your tape it, measure one day, yeah, to measure, <laughs> you just get a few fruit by the feet, and there I, you go. You think it's a little longer? I don't know. So you just have to like you. If you use fruit by the foot and you're working on your house, then you basically have to commit to everything using fruit has by the to foot be. so that it's like standardized. Yeah, so everything has one, to be in three foot increments. Four, that's four fruit by the foots. <laughs> <laughs> you measure it that way. All right, so this week was part four of Known For It. Being a Christian is more than just receiving the gift of salvation and that we receive a new way of living. Uh, You talked about signs, not just um, being these one-off miraculous occurrences, but that signs are 
from God, and there are clues that point to the magnificent story of what God is ultimately up to. Yep. And that um, obedience leads to the blessing that your heart is longing for. Yep. Jesus isn't trying to be a joy kill. He's trying to take the things that we think are good for us out of our hands mm-hmm. and put something way better in them. Yeah. Um, you also talked about that God's commands are often, oftentimes don't make sense. And it's because we as humans only see the beginning of things and he sees the entirety of everything. Mm-hmm. And last part is that Jesus isn't motivated by power, but by being a problem solver. And that what he's telling us to do will be a blessing to us. Mm-hmm. Anything we want to add to that? No, that's good. That's that's a recap we um, told. We told the the story of Jesus turning water into wine. Yeah, kind of through the very, um, I'll call it like downgraded, just practical interaction between Jesus and servants. And when Mary says, "Listen to what he tells you to do," and then they do it what happens when you do what Jesus says. And that all um, culminates with Jesus later saying, if you love me, then you will do yeah. what I tell you to do. Yeah, so that um, that miracle in itself, it's, it's easy to read these miracles and you think of it as an isolated event. Mm-hmm. You don't really connect these signs all throughout Scripture mm-hmm. if you're not specifically yeah. looking for that. Right. So um, I did have a question to start. Um, do you have any good resources that kind of like either an author or a book that show how all of these microchasms connect together into an overarching uh, story? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the best one is the Bible Project. Yeah. So if you go and watch, get on BibleProject.com, and then there's New Testament um, like overview or commentaries yeah. by books, and uh, you can watch their they have two, basically eight to 10 minute videos, one outlining the story arc and purposes of John one through 12 or 11, maybe. And then, yeah. And then, and then the second video, 12 through 21 of John. And, um, also, you know, I, I'm a big time, like my first stop always is NT, right. Yeah. To understand what, um, what the text is actually doing from like a Jewish historical perspective. Um, he's the best I've ever read. Uh, and so, you know, those are, those are two ways to kind of go, okay, like this is the, the author is up to something. One of the things about the book of John, you know, when you talk about the clues or the signs, um, you know, it's not, Jesus's life is not just something that John sat back and observed and then did a, a retelling of his life to the best of his ability, you know, um, piece by piece, yeah. section by section, you know, linear in the sense of he kind of captures all of it. He says at the end that, you know, Jesus did so many things that if they were all you know, recorded, not, not all the books in the world could contain. Yeah. So what that means is that what John is doing is he is, he is choosing which passages and stories of Jesus's life to put in, to tell the broader story of what 
the message of the gospel is. And so when you look at the water into wine story, it's a very specific placement and it's a very intentional story to tell because it's kind of like um, any good storyteller, the beginning kind of, the end always goes back to the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, they connect it. Connect it. So the whole idea of heaven and earth coming back together is about marriage, the 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 marriage of heaven and earth. And and so what what Jesus is doing is he's giving a clue that what's happening in his life and through him is the unification in the remarriage of heaven and earth. The kingdom of God is coming to earth. Um I find that to be so much more holistic and meaningful when we understand that Jesus doing something miraculous is not primarily related to him showing us who he is. Yeah. People um, think that Jesus's miracles are just designed to show people that he's God. And they do. And actually, when someone believes in him because of the miracles, Jesus, in a way, sometimes downgrades that and is like, well, bless, you see, because you believe, blessed are those who who, who believe and don't see. Yeah. And so he's like, you, you need my miracles to believe. Or, you, you know, Nathaniel, you only believe that because I saw you under the fig tree and I'm telling you this. And it's like, whoa, you just surprised me. And he's like, you know, like... If, if me doing a miracle is kind of the surprising thing to you, then you just don't understand. Yeah, you haven't it's been like, paying this attention. is not just about who I am to you. This is about what I am doing here and why I'm here. Yeah. And um, um, so obviously um, it's not, oh, there's miracles. So that must be God. It's, the kingdom of God is coming. So of course there's going to be miracles. Yeah. You know, and that, yeah. that, that, that may seem like it's six, one way, half a dozen, the other, but it's not. Um, so the clues are, are, are the insights into, to this big movement that he is, he's, um, started, you know, to embark upon and, uh, turning water into wine is, is a multi layered story of, marriage and heaven and earth coming together and Jewish customs not being full and running out and Jesus taking old customs and and kind of returning them into something that matters more and that does a whole lot more um, to bring purification to Israel in a whole new way. Yeah. And uh, so... You know, uh, it's really fun. The more you just look at these stories, I, th- there's a couple of stories that I kind of just talk about a lot. I talk a lot about the feet washing. Yep. I talk a lot about water into wine. I talk a lot about Zacchaeus. Um, those are those are, you know, pretty important stories that I just I kind of come back to over and over again. Well, there's a lot to unpack yeah, from them. And a I, lot. I found it super fascinating being able to connect that 
the story of that miracle to the entire arc of yep. of Jesus's life and what it's going to culminate into. Yeah, that's it's super fascinating. To well, me. you you know, like one of the things I talked about is Mary, the mother of Jesus, is there. Yeah, and then you know, I mean, Mary was around, but you don't you don't see Mary and John's telling of the gospel again until the cross. Yeah, so it's like she kind of gets him started, and then she bookends his entire yeah. mission. Well, he was moving around everywhere. She yeah. probably, you know, had to maintain her household. I, I think she was with him sometimes, and then sometimes she wasn't. Yeah. But um, she certainly just wasn't completely vacant until the end. Yeah. John is showing us something about the nature of his, the beginning of his ministry and the end of his ultimate work. So yeah. that's really cool. Um, let's expand on um, this idea a little bit. The idea that we aren't choosing to follow Jesus just because of some future event that's going to take place, but um, because Jesus wants us to experience heaven on earth yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's easy to see taking the gift of what Jesus gave to us and be like, okay, that's for this. It's for something else. Yeah, it's for this thing that's going to happen at the end of my life. Yeah. And not realize that like, oh, this this is changing my life now. This yeah. is like, this is a, a really important and pivotal yeah. moment in my life moving forward from right. this day on. So one of the things I talked about is in John, he talks about uh, born again and he talks about eternal life. And when we hear eternal life, we think forever and then. Yeah. And that's not what the the message of eternal life is, not a when kind of life or a there kind of life. It's a quality of life. Yeah, that's really interesting. So so it's like it's a kind of life. So I was actually cutting the grass yesterday and I was thinking about this again. Um, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So um, when you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. He who finds Jesus finds the life, right? Yep. So life... Um, is just life. You either have it or you don't. It's not when you have it, it's if you have it. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, if you're in Christ, life is life, but there's only one kind of anything else that's not Christ, according to the to the Bible, is not the life. Yeah. So when you have the life, that's it. That's the life. So um, people, you know, sometimes might kind of simplify this or try to conflate the ideas, and, and it's somewhat um, appropriate, but to say that it's eternal life and it starts now. It starts now. But I feel that that lacks the articulation of it's a kind of life. 
Yeah, I can see that. It's a kind of life, and it's 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 a it's a version. It's the um, original. It's the OG man. That's that's what you want. Is you want Christ because you want the life, and you can have that. And then it's a certain way of living. It's life. Yeah. So, is that funny? We think that eternal life is about survival and kind of ending up in a good space because of a gift. And Jesus is there to change the quality of your life right now. That's eternal life. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's living every day. He who finds the truth finds the life. He who finds the life finds Jesus. If you find Jesus, you find the life. So you you are in Christ supposed to start to live the the heaven on earth life now, right now. And so that's why I think purpose is so much more simple than everybody thinks. And and um, and that's why the resurrection is so important. Because the resurrection, um, it's fascinating. This might throw people. Again, you know, it's funny. We talk in our church a lot about this kind of Gnostic or this, um, I'll call it Platonized version of what they called uh, of eschatology. All right. So that means a Greek take on eschatology, which means my body disembodied soul ends up in the good place in the yeah. heaven and how wrong that is because the the idea of Jesus coming to earth for God so loved the world, world. so some people take that and go well that just means he loves the people of the world but that's not what it says he loved the world which includes the world. Yeah, as he was creating, every time he yeah. added something, he's like, this, is, this good. is good. So he loved it. And then he said, you're very good. So he loves the world. He loves you. Um, so he creates the world. God loves the world. And, and he's going to give himself for the remaking of the world and the remaking of you. And that's the life that he's offering you that you can't have without him. And, and it starts now. And... And so the wages of sin, the wages of sin, the cost of sin is death. And so in a, in a sense, with sin and death being defeated, we have our, our temple becomes cleared the way Jesus goes into the temple and clears it and makes room for his spirit. Yeah. So now he lives in our temple, but our temple like Paul says, is is like a jar of clay that's, you know, like inwardly it's purified, but outwardly it's wasting away and there's cracks. And so when the resurrection comes in, and I'm, I'm getting back to this eternal life thing, it says in John chapter five that everyone will be resurrected. Those who believe and those who don't believe. Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about that. Okay, so 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 is the resurrection alone 
eternal life? No. No. What is eternal life? It's Jesus. <laughs> so, so when we're in Christ right now, we're living eternal life. It's it's a kind of life. It's the kind of life that is pure. And it almost, if you call it eternal life, it's not for then and there. It's a kind of life that is it's transcendent. It's almost outside of time. And it's just the way life is supposed to be all the time. And yeah. you, you're born for that. So we always think about this thing on this timeline. Well, here we are. We're, we have eternal life now. Well, every person, the wages of sin is death. And then those who are in Christ will die and they will be resurrected into more eternal life. Jesus, yeah. and then those that aren't in him will be resurrected and they will not be because they weren't. Yeah. So, because the final thing Paul says is death. So God's going to mean that's when eternal life starts being destroyed and then he'll give you the new temple too and then you'll just keep going on yeah. in the life that you had already started. So, um, Yeah. That's really, I think that's really important for Christians to understand. It is. Because a lot of people miss out yeah. on the life, the opportunity of living right eternal life right now. Right now. Because they think it's going to be this mm -hmm. thing yeah. down the and road. And why, that's why Jesus says, again, you know, if you love me, you obey my commands. So it's not like, oh, um, <clears throat> if you love me, then that means you're, you know, you're proving that you're a Christian. It means if you love me, then you want me. Yeah. And I am eternal life. I'm a kind of life. So you would do exactly what I say because that's what you want. That's why you fell in love with me. You want me. You want life. So when we view obedience or following his commands, as uh, as just a, a straighter pathway, a more full eternal life, they they don't feel like commands anymore. Yeah, they feel like directions. Like oh, thank you. you know. Think about it. when you when you buy something, and it it. Uh, I just thought this is a good analogy, and you know, you get something from IKEA or you get something from whatever, and you have to put it all together or some robot or something for your kids or toys or even like Legos, yeah. you know, those read exactly like commands. Yeah. But if you view them as, I'm not doing what this says, then you won't get what comes as a result of listening. Yeah. So instead of them being instead of it says, here's what you have, you know, here are the commands. It's here's the instructions. You could probably say, Jesus says, if you love me, then you'll obey my instructions. Because when you do what I say, you bring about eternal life. Yeah. You live the life. And so then the, the Lego gets built as you're, oh, this is awesome. Here we go. We're Man, building, we're building, what, we're building. The thing we're that going. you're shooting for. You're getting it. Yeah. Because, and that is, he's like, I'm the way. I'm the way. So you want life? It's me. Just do this this way and 
That's the pathway of life. It's not, again, it's not the, like, you know, it's not, uh, there was a movie that came out. I liked it. It was like with Ewan McGregor. I think that's his name and Scarlett Johansson. And, and it's called the Island. Oh yeah. And it was that. like, they were, they were like put into this like false, like, um, reality where they believed that the world was like a firestorm and they were saved yeah. from it. And then they would, there was a lottery and uh, if you won the lottery, then you got to go to the island, yeah. which meant like you get to go back to the only great place that exists on the earth and you're finally getting to get out of here and we just got to do it slowly or whatever. I think it was the premise. But really what it ended up being was... They were clones, right? They were clones and people bought them so they could harvest their liver if they have problems. And that's what most people think eternal life is. It's like uh, something for later that I buy... That, I'll, that I'm so glad I've got once, you know, I get really sick. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's not what it is. You're going to get sick. You're going to die. That's why the the story in John is so incredible in John 11. I'm the resurrection and the life. You know, he who believes in me will live even though they die. Yeah. So Jesus being the resurrection again is not just about the resurrection. It's about all that's before the resurrection. He who believes in me will live. And then when they die, they'll live. They'll keep living. Because they'll come back. Yeah. But if you believe in me, you live now, you die, and then you live. But those that don't know Christ, they're dead. Then they die. And, and then they just keep being dead. dead. Yep. It's not... God wants to torture you. God wants to cast you out. It's you get to pick which life path you want to have. And so the claims of Jesus and what he does and, and who he is, is, is a serious um, confrontation that has to take place in your mind and your heart. Um, and if you're hearing it and you don't, you haven't placed your faith in Christ, it's like, you know, you might want to turn this off because you're just going to be exposed and you're going to have to make a decision about who who he is and what he's what he's about and what he's doing and whether or not you want to be a part of that. So Yeah. And it's easy for us to see it as like God's like this dictator. He's like, I want it my way. Yeah. But really what he's saying is like, my way's what you want. Yeah, it's my the way best is what you way want. Yeah. for you. It is the best way. It is. And even if, you know, we get all you know, we think we know a better way. We think our ways are better and they work better and you know, it's just kind of, um, it's just the human condition. It's arrogant, yeah. you know. We know that God is all-powerful. We, um, and that he knows all there is to know. Um, but then we read his commands, and for some reason we think, I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to miss out. Mm -hmm. Why do we have a disconnect in acknowledging that it would only be a benefit to listen to someone that knows the future? You know, he mm -hmm. knows everything. I mean, I think that um, part of it is just, I think one answer to that is appetites, you know? Yeah. And um, having appetites and then um, like fulfilling your appetites in a way that is 
it does it does satiate them, but it's not the best way. But you just keep doing it. So it's like whatever you're hungry, so you eat a donut, and it's like if you all you do is eat a donut, that's a problem. But you're not going to always be hungry. Yeah, you're going to satisfy your hunger with donuts if you ate them for every single meal for a time. For a time, and then you're going to get sick, and but you might never change because you just keep being at least not hungry for a while. Yeah. So, I think part of following Christ is understanding human desire, human, um, you know, frailty, vulnerability, human need, and moving towards satisfying desires or, or disciplining yourself away from whatever to the point of the healthy exercise becomes the norm. And so when we eat donuts all the time, we're like, this is awesome. Why would you want to take away donuts from me? And, and you know, God's like, I don't want to take donuts away from you. I want you to see that you are ruining donuts. Yeah. Donuts are awesome. But I didn't design you to live on donuts. So stop it. Eat this and eat this and do this and have a donut and everything will work better. Yeah. So I think that's one of the really challenging things in the Christian world that we live in is we we can, you know, black and white, good or bad, things are either all wrong or all bad. And that's not, that's not the case. It's the whole, there's plenty of good things, but they're terrible gods. You ever make a good thing a God, then you're, you're headed in a bad direction. So it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's that we satiate our appetites and, uh, and then we're blinded. The other thing is there's a, there's an enemy, there's lies yeah, and deceit that make us not see what is good and better. And, um, and that's what, that's what that force wants. They want to destroy our lives. So they make us not see the goodness of God and the commands of God and what really is beautiful and good. You know, when you talk about God's original design, he makes Adam and an Eve, he puts them in the garden. He says, go to work, be fruitful and multiply. It's like, that's the good life, man. Have a family, love your family, and uh, take care of your daily yeah, stuff. Have a purpose. Uh, yeah, and that is the purpose. And, and you're just every day working and doing something that's great for the advancement of this beautiful world that we live in. And and um, you know, it's that it's it can be that simple, but you can be blinded to just you know so many people that just like renegade it's like uh, i think of the movie the legends of the fall it might be the legend of the fall i don't know the legend legend of the fall with brad pitt you ever seen that movie no, i don't think so oh man it's like a it's like a heart-wrenching movie but it's these brothers and they live with their dad out west and 
this one girl falls in love with Brad Pitt and he doesn't love her. And so she eventually marries his brother oh, and, uh, and the, you know, um, or the, she, she thinks she loves her, his brother. And then the brother brings her home and she's like, Oh my gosh, Brad Pitt. He like, he, then she kind of falls for him, but he wants nothing to do with her. And so her heart is aching and she's just like, I love this other person, but he's like wild. He's like, he like goes and travels the world and is never home. So she just ends up marrying the other brother and, um, or the one that she was with goes to war and dies. So then she marries the other brother. Oh, wow. And, uh, and so basically, um, eventually what ends up happening is she's married to the other brother. Brad Pitt is literally like on boat. This is like in the 1800s, right? He's just, right? He's just getting and just, yeah. So he leaves and, and then, and then something happens. He comes back and he's different and he just settles. Interesting. And he just loves this woman and he loves his kid. And he's like, it's like, that's what it's all about. And I'm not trying to say like everyone should, you know, absolutely have kids and I'm not getting into the level of whatever your personal choices are related to that. There are some things that are misshaped by modern science and reason that we just think, well, I don't want to have kids yeah. or certain movements that have affected simple things like basically everybody wants to have a healthy, immediate family whom they can live with, trust, earn with, take care of, celebrate with, mourn with. That's what everybody wants. So sometimes you get that with your family. Yeah. Sometimes you get that with someone else's family. Sometimes you get that with your friends, whatever, in this broken world. But at the end of the day, like that's what we're all kind of wanting, that place to belong. And that's what God's created. You know? Yeah. That's like what he that's what he has for us. So um we go off because we think that that's not it yeah. is what I was trying to say yeah. in a very long winded <laughs> way, Joel way. We think it's something else. We think it's out on the open seas. Again, that doesn't mean there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with adventure and there's nothing wrong with discovery. But when your soul is yearning after life's purpose and you throw away the direction that God gives you, you're not going to go find it on the open seas. No. So That's really love good. one another. All right, so as we start to um, close this down, I yeah. think we should take a few minutes and talk about this upcoming Sunday. Yep. Um, it's a special Sunday. We're calling it We Pray. Yep. Can you fill us in on the significance and importance of this day? We, um, we started cultivating generosity in our church with an initiative called We Can't. And... That's what got us to having a building, and yeah. it's great. And uh, when we first did We Can't, our first day of We Can't was called We Pray to kind of get our hearts and minds ready for what was coming next. And now we're doing We Could. And We Could is kicking off with a day of prayer. Yeah. And, um, um, you know, prayer is is an important um, reality as is how you communicate spaces of what God has done and in and through the world that 
the only access is through prayer and, and talking with God. And so we're going to also just like children simply come to him and ask him to do great things and worship him and just talk to him a little bit. And in prayer, we also listen, listen to him. Um, but we're going to just take a time of prayer before we start kind of moving on this mission. And, uh, so you should come to church. Like you don't want to miss this Sunday. It's, it's going to be totally unique. We're going yeah. to spend time praying for all the we could objectives and what's going on in our church. And, you know, if you call this place your church, like you, this is where, in my opinion, you would want to be, you want to be here. Yeah. I'm because really there's, um, it. it's almost like when you miss an inside joke, you know, and you're like, Oh, what happened? You yeah. know, like what happens when the church comes together this way with a specific missional advancement is things happen. You know, people change, um, the sense in the room changes, the all that. And and so if you kind of skip it, then then you show up and people are in a different space than they, you know, they were the last time you were there. And the church is going to they're gonna we're gonna morph more into the likeness of Christ through just a time of prayer and we could. So make it a priority to be a part of of a day of prayer. Um and uh make the next three weeks after that a priority as well. Yeah. All all through November. Every Sunday in November, except for thanks, the Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I think it's the 5th, the 12th, and the 19th. Those are the we could yep. Sundays. You don't want to miss them. Yeah, for sure. And I'll add um, just a little thing to think about. If your uh, experience with 514 has only been in this new building, you're here because someone at the old yeah. building made a decision yeah. of trusting God yeah. and seeing the vision that having a building here yeah. would allow someone like you and people like you yes. to come and experience That's God. That's right. That's powerful. All right. We'll be here next week to talk all about We Pray on the rest.